You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is July 21st, 2017. My name is Phil Brossman Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at Orlando Magic Daily. Dot com coming to you here for a Friday edition of Locked On Magic. If you missed yesterday's episode, be sure to check it out. I talked with Jeff Garcia of Locked On Spurs all about Jonathan Simmons. And obviously, Jonathan Simmons, probably the big free agent signing for the Magic this summer. Someone that, that kind of fell into the Magic's laps at, at a very affordable price. Uh, and someone that I think a lot of Magic fans have high expectations for, and someone that I think the Magic are expecting to make some major contributions to the team next season. So we talked all about him for about 30, 40 minutes. So I encourage you to go check out that episode by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes, Boom, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places that you can download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. In the uh, seeking of uh, balance and, and, and fairness, Today's episode, while not as long as yesterday's episode, will focus on Shelvin Mack, the other the Magic's other big free agent signing, and so we'll talk all about him and what he brings to the team. Now, Shelvin Mack's signing obviously wasn't the 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 sexiest signing in the world. I mean, again, the Magic spent a two-year, twelve million dollar contract on a backup point guard, and frankly. When the Magic signed Mac, it was somewhat surprising. Sure, the Magic needed some backup point guard help. Uh, as as much as DJ Augustin is not a bad player, um, it, 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 well, I'll talk about that in a moment. But it, it felt like the Magic had their money committed to the backup point guard spot, and I think everyone kind of assumed the Magic were going to look if they're going to make any moves to point guard, they were going to make moves to replace Alfred Payton. That turned out not to be the case. Of course, the Magic. Of course, have DJ Augustin on a $7.3 million contract per year for the next three years. $7.25 million, actually, for the next each of the next three years. And so the point guard situation seemed pretty steady. On top of all this, the Magic had, what, $12, $13 million of cap room to spend? $14, $15 million of cap room to spend? So spending $6 million of it on a backup point guard and now committing... More than $13 million to point guard depth. Not point guard starting, point guard depth. <laughs> Seemed like a misallocation of funds. On top of all that, Shelvin Mackey is not the greatest shooter in the world either. So it didn't always feel like Mack was the best fit for this team. And I think there's still plenty of good arguments um, to make on that, on whether the Magic made the right move. Now, J.J. Augustin had a had an extremely disappointing season last year. I, I don't think there's any way around it. He struggled mightily filling that backup point guard role. Um, he, he Not the greatest defender. His shooting went down last year. Uh, and then especially when the Magic upped their pace, Augustin struggled a little bit with the quicken pace. That is not his style of play. Shelvin Mack maybe doesn't really improve a lot on, on those weaknesses that the Magic have. Uh, last season, he averaged 7.8 points per game, shot 49.5% effective field goal percentage, dished out only 2.8 assists per game in about 22 minutes per game of play. Shot 30.8% from beyond the arc and is a 32.1% three-point shooter. Shelvin Mack is kind of what he is at this point. I mean, he's been in the league now for six, se- for six seasons, I think. Uh, he's been around the league. He's been to the playoffs a few times, and 
He's always just been a backup point guard. In fact, uh, the most games he's ever started in a season is 27 two years ago when he started 27 games for the Utah Jazz. Um, Mac just kind of fills gaps is, is how I would describe his play. But to a certain extent, that's also what the Magic need. Mac has always been very adaptable as a player doing whatever his team needs and kind of setting a tone for the rest of the team. Uh, Jeff Weltman, I thought, put it best uh, during the introductory press conference the Magic had on Tuesday when he described uh, what Shelvin Mack does on the floor. Shelvin is an overachiever, and everywhere Shelvin's been, he seems to surprise people how good of a player he is, how good of a teammate he is, and he... He enters into situations and turns them into Shelvin Mack opportunities. And uh, I think that those people that continually do that are unique, and they help teams win. That idea, and, and I may have played that clip for you a few days ago on, on the show, and I wanted to run it back, but but that idea that Shelvin Mack just seems to be able to adapt to whatever the situation is and, and turn them into kind of favorable opportunities for himself is something that I think speaks very highly about Mac and about what he can do on the floor. I mean, he's been, he was pretty open about it too in his availability that, you know, there's going to be times where he's going to look really good and, and he'll play a lot. And there'll be times when he struggles and that's when he should be benched. And he's very upfront and real about it. And I don't think that that's, I think that's part of who Shelvin Mac is, to be frank. I think that's part of, of, his being and what has made him successful in the NBA. Because when you take a look back and you, you push the scales back and look at Shelvin Mack's career as a whole, like so many other guys, he's had to fight to get where he is. He's had to to do a lot of things to to stick to to find his way to the NBA number one and stick it stick in it. You go back to when he was in high school. No one recruited him. He was six foot three guard, kind of a tweener. You know, in some respects, he's a point guard who's not a great playmaker. He's a shooting guard that can't shoot or not shoot at the level that, that everyone wants. And he found his way onto a Butler team that defied the odds. They they went to the Final Four in 2010, went again in 2011. And that put him on everyone's radar. And when he was a second-round pick by the Washington Wizards, he he was traded eventually to the Atlanta Hawks and caught on there and got to learn from a lot of strong veterans about how to work. Al Horford, Paul Millsap, um, Elton Brand really taught him how to work. And he said, as he's gone around the league and, and after Atlanta, he went to Utah. In Utah, he watched Joe Johnson and learned how to work again. I mean, say what you want about seven-time All-Star Joe Johnson. The guy works, and we all saw what Joe Johnson did uh, during the playoffs this year. The guy works. And so, with Mac, it's really all about the details. Doing the little things that may not show up in the stat sheet, that may not appear in a box score. It's about doing those little things to make a team better. And that's what Mac provides. I'm um, sorry a lot. You know, it makes me pay attention to the details. No, we didn't get there. It's about per athletic ability, but it's actually studying the game and 
taking time each and every day to, to work on our craft, and I think I can, you know, bring that to every team I go to now is understand, you know, people's tendencies and actually, like, pay attention to the scouting report. And that's kind of a mantra for Mac, and, and really the Magic are trying to be a team very similar to that Atlanta Hawks team that Mac was a part of that, you know, had really, they, I mean, they had Paul Millsap, they had Al Horford, they had some all-stars, but... They, they, they weren't a star-studded team, and yet they found success. I mean, out, even outside the 61 season, the Hawks have been in the playoffs for the last decade. Um, you know, you, you'd be crazy if you're a Magic fan and, and not sit here and, and, and want some of that, even though the Hawks have had kind of a muddied future um, throughout that time uh, with one just one conference finals appearance in, in, that, in that nearly decade, of, uh, decade straight making the playoffs. But going to Utah, another same kind of deal. Hayward was a first-time All-Star this year. Gobert is still rising, but that's a, that is a team that really had to work together and, and, and grow together to make the playoffs, and that's kind of what Mac wants to see happen in Orlando. He really believes, I think, in those details, in getting those little things right, in doing those little things to make the team better in the long run because that's that's been his role. That is his role. His role isn't to rack up a ton of assists. His role isn't to necessarily make three-pointers at, at a high rate. His role is to just make his team better. Whether he does that by on the court or whether he does that off the court, and certainly has to do some stuff on, on the court as well. It's not to excuse, to excuse him there. Um, it, 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 his on-court production, at the very least, has just been solid. It's, it's not it doesn't stand out. It's just been solid. Because they're really, sh- I mean, his statistical profile should say there's no reason Mac should be this good. And, and maybe that is a red flag. Maybe that's raising alarm bells. But there's also just this intangible quality about him. Everywhere he's gone, his team has won. Whether it be Butler, whether it be the Hawks, whether it be the Jazz. And he may not have been the reason for it. Um, you know, Gordon Hayward would have something to say about two of those situations. But he was a vital part of it. And so working through all those details and being that behind-the-scenes leader is something that Mac provides. Uh, starts in you know, September, right after Labor Day. You want to you know, start getting in shape now and don't wait for the playoffs. Like, um, I mean, not wait, wait till preseason where everyone else is. So you want to start after Labor Day, just take it one step at a time and you know, build your habits because at the end of the year, you know, you're tired, fatigue is relying on your habits, and you're able to do that be able to build yourself um, you know, a great foundation to, to make a deep run. Yes, Mac is already thinking about March and April. And while he was out of town as quickly as he came in on Tuesday, uh, he is going to be working on his own game. And then when he and his teammates come back to town in September for early pick early pickup games and, and working out together and, and, and beginning to make that final prep for training camp, everyone's expected to be in shape and ready to go. And that and, the, and that time in September is when the team will really begin to, to gel and, and come together and start putting in that early work to see what happens this coming season. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't sound like from everything that 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 it, that Mac has talked about that it doesn't sound like he came here to rebuild. I'll put it that way. But what effect Mac can have is the big question mark. Orlando has had guys who've come in 
as supposed veteran leaders in the past. They've had guys who played off the bench that were supposed to be the team builders. Channing Fry, DJ Augustin, Serge Ibaka. And it just never came together. That the, the team leaders just never, or for whatever reason, that leadership just didn't work. Whether it was not someone who was vocal enough, or someone who could make a big enough impact on the game, or whatever the case may be. Maybe it's just a matter of confidence. Maybe the Magic just kept on getting off the bad starts, uh, and, or hit a, hit a rough patch and could never get themselves out of that rut. Shelvin Mack proposes to be that leader. That's been something that that he has, he talked about in his first round of media interviews after he signed. It was something that he talked a little bit about uh, on Tuesday as well. Because it's, it's funny with Shelvin Mack too. Because he seems like this grizzled veteran. He seems like a guy who has been around the league for a very long time. And has seen a lot and has done a lot. Fact of the matter is, Shelvin Mack is only 27 years old. So he is definitely a young leader. But he's still viewed that way. He's been in the spotlight for nearly a decade now uh, since the run with Butler. Whether teammates look up to him in that way is another question. But you can certainly tell by the way that he approaches the game that it has a very veteran uh, uh, mindset to it. That he's always looking to learn. He's always looking to help others. He's looking to play his role and not do a whole lot more than that. And I think that is something valuable that the Magic have added in Sheldon Mack. I will admit, I was skeptical about this move at the beginning. Like I said, it felt like the last thing the Magic needed was to commit their limited cap space to a backup point guard. And I floated out there that he could maybe play some two. He can maybe play some two, but I don't think that's ideal either. And while he has a defensive reputation, the numbers don't always back that up. And you wonder, especially last year with his numbers, how much of that is the Jazz. He's a good, not a great defender. He's a backup point guard, but not a great distributor. He's a supposed shooting guard type who struggles to shoot from beyond the arc. There's a lot working against him. But then you look at his attitude and the way he approaches the game. And you do have to be intrigued a little bit that this is the kind of glue guy that makes teams work. Like with so many players on the Magic, you don't want to over-rely on him. I think relying on him to start games would probably end up exactly how you think. He is best in that bench role, and yeah, they're probably there's probably going to be a stretch of games where he doesn't play, where DJ Augustin is the backup point guard. But at the same time, the way Mac approaches that, that possibility, says a lot about him too. And I think that when it comes to Shelvin Mack, the Magic have just gotten a good person and someone who can set a tone in a practice, in a game. Whether that's the leader the Magic need right now, whether he can be a backup point guard and a team leader, is definitely a legitimate and huge question. But I think if all the other pieces fall into place, Shelvin Mack is someone who's going to do whatever this team needs him to do. 
he will find a way to make things work because that's what he's done at every step of his career. And the teams he's played for have been successful because of it. I have not formally seen any grades for the Magic's offseason. But I would honestly give this team a very good grade for the for their summer in a, as a whole. Yeah, there are probably some better draft picks, and I was a little harsh on them at draft time. But getting Jonathan Simmons the way they got him is certainly encouraging. And getting Shelvin Mack, while seemingly counterintuitive, seems to be a very good culture fit for the team. Plus, he's on a very team-friendly deal. And so I think the Magic did really, really well. And I think Shelvin Mack will play a role if the Magic ultimately are successful this coming season. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Again, if you missed yesterday's episode with Jeff Garcia of Locked on Spurs, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to it. We talked all about Jonathan Simmons for about 30, 40 minutes. Uh, so be sure to check that out. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, and tune in all the fun places. You can download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can, of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. That's philip, P-H-I-L-I-P-R-R underscore omd. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com and follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for this Friday edition of Locked on Magic. I want to thank everyone again for listening to the show all week. We'll be back again next week with more episodes of Locked on Magic uh, as the summer continues on I'm sure we'll find something to talk about and if we can't I may take a day off or two it's 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 the summer we'll 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 find something to talk about I'm sure there's plenty plenty to talk about when it comes to the magic uh as always but until then have a great weekend Tim Tebow's in town I'm gonna go check him out uh and then of course uh, plenty of soccer going on in in the city beautiful as well this weekend but we'll be back to magic basketball on Monday for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic This has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.